0: The spooky spirits are really fueling this episode and the next through to fulfillment. Speaking of spooky spirits, have we got a treat for you. Does the idea of demonic laughing directly into your ear make your hair stand on end? How about shadow creatures stealing your valuables? Happy October, everyone. (laughs) Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story comes from Burning Grain 85, whose family consistently was checked in on by a family member who had crossed to the other side. My family has always been somewhat sensitive to the paranormal. More than a few of us have had unexplained instances, but nothing like what kept happening a few years back. The year was 2000, and while the world survived Y2K, unfortunately, my great-grandmother did not. A few months after her death, every few days, we would receive phone calls from a number with a caller ID that said 00-00-0000. Every time we picked it up, it was constant white noise, like a TV channel that didn't come in right. The first few times, we simply assumed something was going on with phone lines and disregarded it. However, for whatever reason, we always picked it up. Now, for those of you young ones, the year 2000 was a different time. Cell phones were new, and most people had landlines still. The worst part was the fact that almost all of the internet was dial-up, meaning a simple phone call could interrupt the song you've spent the past five hours downloading on LimeWire. So obviously, these white noise calls became annoying very quickly. Finally, my mother called the phone company to see if they could see where it was coming from. Well, once the phone company investigated the number, they discovered the calls were coming from a payphone. But not just any payphone. This payphone happened to be located right outside the cemetery where we had a few short months ago laid my granny to rest. Not only that, but the payphone was disconnected from use a couple of years before and wasn't even capable of making calls. This settles it for my family. We decided it was my granny, so every time the calls came, we simply spoke to her the same way we always had, and all was good. The calls continued for around two years at this point. I lived at the time in an area where tornadoes were rare, but when we had one, it tended to be incredibly damaging. One night, one came through the neighborhood, causing a lot of damage. However, my home was thankfully spared. Not long after it passed, the phone rang. This time, however, instead of white noise, my mother swears she hears her ask if everyone is okay. Mom reassures her we are all fine and everything is okay. After that, the calls stop and we hope she's moved on to find her peace, knowing that we are okay. Ten years later, both my grandmother and grandfather have passed and been buried alongside the rest of our family. My mom decided to move into her parents' home. At the time, I'm living with my boyfriend, and we decide to stop by the cemetery so I can introduce him to my beloved grandparents. Once I got back into the car, I checked Facebook, and my mother had only two minutes before posted a photo of a phone showing the same triple zero number and saying how, after so many years, she's finally hearing from heaven again. I call her frantic because I'm literally staring at their graves at that very moment. She received the call while my ex and I were standing there. My only assumption to this day was my family really didn't like my boyfriend then and was willing to call beyond the grave to make that fact known. That was the last call we had ever received, but not our last experience. To this day, however, we still have the same landline number, just in case they ever need to talk to us again. Wow, what an incredible story. I have a wonderful grandma myself. I call her Ma'am, but I'm not sure I would want to receive those types of calls after she's passed. So, Ma'am, if you've somehow managed to figure out the podcast app on your phone, know that we're doing just fine. And you don't have to check in on us after you're gone, even though she promises she's going to haunt me. Our next story comes from Seeker of the True True it should be of particular interest to our comic book lovers, prone to reading in creepy old buildings. I'll have to spend a lot of my time setting up what was only a couple of seconds of terror, but this childhood memory has stayed with me more vividly than anything I have ever lived through. My dad used to work in and around London as a temp landlord. People would move on from managing pubs, and my dad would fill the gaps for a few weeks or months until permanent managers were found. Anyone familiar with old London pubs will know that most are very old and tend to come with spooky reputations. I'd go and stay with my dad during the school holidays, which was summer or Christmas, etc., and it was pretty great to be able to explore a new place every year. I got unlimited free goes on the pool table, a jukebox and as much coke, the boring kind, and crisps as I could hold down and various other pub-related perks. He once managed a place called the Harbor Lights, which had many stories of ghostly occurrences. That was the first pub I ever became wary of without ever seeing anything, due to the sheer volume of staff and regulars sharing their experiences. Then he managed a place called The Streets. Now, my memory may be shaky on this, but I believe it was about 200 years old, and damn, it showed in certain rooms. The decor was tragically outdated and gave it a real creepy vibe. This place, with it originally being a hotel, was utterly vast and about six floors and a huge central staircase to navigate them. Now, I don't actually remember too much about the place as I was about 9 or 10 years old at the time, but I'll remember what I tell you next, until I die. It was New Year's Eve. My dad was going to be working that night, which was fine as his girlfriend Michelle, who I got on with fairly well, was going to stay upstairs with me until he finished. Then about 8pm, that all changed. Two of our younger bar staff had done what younger staff are prone to do on fun nights like new year's eve and called in sick leaving my dad with little option but to ask michelle to help him fill the gaps on what is a pub's busiest night of the year the second i heard this i was terrified as i said this place was creepier than a jimmy seville smile and i had no intention of staying on the first floor alone for most of the night but they persuaded me with their sheer desperation. They put me to bed in the room I'd be staying in with the door open and a lamp on right next to my bed. The second I heard them descend the stairs, a cold dread washed over me. I was only a child and was genuinely terrified about sleeping alone in this huge old place. The only thing that could keep me sane was to read a comic book while sitting up in bed. I remember my head starting to dip forward every few seconds, as you do when you're nodding off to sleep when it happened. Something had hit the pages right in the middle of my comic while I was holding it, and it fell straight into my lap. Almost at the same time, I heard directly into my ear what I can only describe as a stereotypical demonic laughing, like something out of a movie. I was nodding off when the noise of my comic being struck happened, but I was 100% awake when I heard that laughing in my ear. I bolted out of the room, ran down the stairs and straight into the packed bar only in a t-shirt and my underpants. I still remember the faces of my dad and Michelle when they noticed me and the smiles of nearby revelers turning into concern when they saw the state of distress I was in. I was so inconsolable that my dad left his duties and stayed with me until I was asleep. I honestly believe this was me being trolled by whatever mischievous or evil entity that may still reside there. Jeez, I rambled on a fair bit there, so I hope you made it to the end. Peace. I'm so glad your dad came back to stay with you. I'm not sure if I'd even be able to go back to that same room ever again. In fact, I know I wouldn't. To any trolling demons out there, you're not allowed to interrupt my reading, no matter where I am. Thanks. Our next story from Jesse will be sure to put the spooky spirit right into you. From creatures, knocking, and full-blown scratches, this story has everything I want to stay away from. And first moved into our house 5 years ago. We moved in originally because it was very close to H's school and at the time he was going to college but later had to drop out due to health reasons, which we are still trying to get sorted out. The house itself is on a hilltop overlooking the Allegheny Mountains. It is not in the best shape and we've had to do a lot of repairs, for which the landlord has reimbursed us. But the property is gorgeous. It has a big yard and is close to everything in the village it's outside of. So it's nice and quiet. Things didn't start happening immediately. The first thing that ever happened was in December, around Christmas. My husband and I woke up to find enormous footprints in the snow that circled around the house and petered off next door. These footsteps went to several windows in our house We called the cops, but the cops didn't know what to make of it. The field where they led belongs to an old woman who lived alone with her dogs. The police officer was honestly pretty baffled by it. After the footprints in the snow, my husband started to hear noises while I was asleep. He would hear something knocking in the walls between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m., usually in sets of threes. Sometimes he said he'd hear footsteps in the hall. But when he came out, I was dead asleep. I told him that maybe he was hearing our dog. You know, she's a big 60-pound animal and she sometimes sounds like a person coming down the hallway. We wrote the knocking off as the heater making a lot of noise. What we couldn't write off was the scratches. My husband started getting scratches on his leg, his back, his hands, or his arms. They were never deep enough to draw blood just raised red welts that would appear overnight and be gone by the morning in some cases we watched these marks physically appear on his body as he felt it was happening the knocking increased we felt our bed shaking sometimes at night this was when i had enough and being the practicing wiccan that i am i created a witch bottle For those of you who don't know, a witch bottle is a powerful protection spell that is placed in a bottle filled with red wine, herbs, nails, and a bit of the occupant's hair and a spell is set over the bottle. It is then either buried on the property or placed in a hidden place in the house and is thought to catch and destroy bad energy. Things died down after this. My husband would still hear the occasional odd bump in the night, but he was no longer getting scratched or hurt, and there was peace for a long time until earlier this year in 2020 when things popped off again and with force. It started with myself having night terrors. I would dream that an unseen force would drag me out of my bed by the feet. I would fight it, but it would drag me along the ceiling, through the hallway, and hit every wall between our bedroom and the living room, at which point it would try to drag me out of the back door, outside. These dreams occur with regularity a few times a week, From around January 2020 to April 2020, and their ceasing directly coincides with an event that set everything in motion this year. Our mutual girlfriend of several years moved in with us in March of 2020. One night in April, she was standing outside looking at the stars as she often does, when she felt a presence at the foot of the ramp leading up to our deck. When she looked over, she saw a shadow creature crouching at the foot of the ramp. She told me that it looked inhuman with long claws and was hunched over like an animal, but she couldn't make out much more before she came inside. After she saw this, my dreams of being dragged toward the back door stopped. The knocking intensified. My husband and my girlfriend respectively reported hearing three loud knocks every morning in the backyard near where she saw the creature sometimes my husband reported hearing knocking that orbited the house going from one side of the house circling all the way around and coming back to where it had started one day my girlfriend and i were standing in the kitchen and heard someone knock loudly once on the front door but no one was there strange smells began to make themselves known In the living room near the back door, we would smell a foul odor every night at around 3 a.m. that smelled remarkably like something rotting. This would sometimes be accompanied by the intense feeling of a presence in the living room, along with the smell which would linger on heavily for hours until the morning. Other smells we've smelled have been sewage, rotten garbage, and cigarette smoke, and none of us are smokers. Objects began to go missing, My girlfriend's phone, which had previously been sitting on her nightstand, has vanished and is still gone as of the time I'm typing this. She reports it as being there one minute and being gone the next, but the one incident that sticks out with missing objects has to do with our forks. One week, I noticed our forks were missing. This was the week directly following my girlfriend's phone going missing, so we were kind of on high alert. All week, we looked all over the house for them, but couldn't find these forks. One night, my girlfriend knocked on me and my husband's door and she was so distraught. She told us to come into the living room with her, so we followed. She led us past the couch and pointed to the floor. And there, sitting just beyond the coffee table, were two forks positioned very carefully on the floor with their handles almost touching, fanned out from one another. I was so shocked. I asked my girlfriend if she was pulling a prank, but she was honestly so terrified. I have utmost confidence in her that she didn't do it herself by way of pulling our collective legs. After she had calmed down a bit, I asked her what happened, and she told me she had just been coming into the kitchen for a soda. When she saw the forks lying on the floor, she said she felt drawn to them. In her own words, she said that they didn't look like forks to her at all. But like claws, and she felt compelled to touch them. Like something was urging her to touch them. That's when she came and got me because she didn't like that feeling. I dispelled any magic that might be on them with smoke and a spell, and ran them underwater for good measure before washing them entirely. After this incident, all of our forks reappeared in the dish rack that night. After the Forks incident, disappearing objects, knocking, and odd smells were just our new norm. Recently, I was awakened shortly after falling asleep because I heard three loud bangs on the back door. Which was reported to have happened by my husband, who was awake, my girlfriend, who was woken up by it, and our two dogs who barked at the sound. Looking out the window, there was no one there and no evidence of anyone having been there at all. Now, the present day, my husband is getting scratched again. A few days ago, we were in the kitchen around 3 a.m. and my husband said, Ow! And when he looked down at his hand, a red, angry welt was forming in front of us from the back of his hand in a straight line down to his thumbnail. It was gone a few hours later. The history of this house was not disclosed to me before buying it. But doing my own digging i've found that the house has seen two deaths in its time since being built in the 80s both of them were older women who passed of natural causes but one of the women lydia seems to have a particularly sad story in which she died destitute with only enough belongings to fill two purses according to her daughters who she seems to have been estranged from When she passed, they didn't hold a funeral for her and simply cremated her with no ceremony at all. The other woman was surrounded by her family when she passed of lung cancer, and Lydia died of pneumonia. However, that said, I am not sure it is either of these women who is haunting us. I can't say for sure, but this seems like a pretty classic poltergeist haunting to me, and it seems to be centered around my girlfriend, or at least targeted toward her as of now— though it seems to be targeting my husband as well. I'm not really sure what to make of it myself. I'm in the process of creating a new witch bottle since the old one has expired. Hopefully it does some good, since it did the last time. I honestly can't believe the three of you have the mental fortitude to remain in that house. Your girlfriend is particularly brave after seeing that shadow creature. I'd have definitely been ending my renter's contract if I lived in a place like that and said, see you later. Okay, well that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore Haunted, Instagram at It's Haunted What Now or at HauntedPod.com. Production assistance for this episode was provided by Rebecca Lopez. The official composer and spooky tune creator for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkofDreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that?